You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Good morning and welcome back, listeners, and welcome to those who have just tuned in. I'm Doreen Canelli, and I'm here with my husband, Jack. And we're happy and delighted to welcome Monsignor Joseph Gehring, the rector of our cathedral here in Fargo. And welcome, Monsignor. Good to be here. Thank you. Yes, no. I don't know if you were listening earlier, but Jack put out a plea before he? at and, the beginning of the and the And our hour. listeners responded, at least two of them. <laughs> Lame jokes in honor of the Monsignor? Is yeah. that the drill? Well, <laughs> nice. you, you're being kind. I said bad jokes, but I think <laughs> lame is probably a... A, a better one, but I got one from Kirk. I'm not going to identify names uh, last names because I, I think he's still a, 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 on on the road to the diaconate. <laughs> so anyway, I am to ask you, what's the best way to settle disputes among the hierarchy, which is timely given the topic that we're talking about today? And this today. is a joke? This yeah? is a joke. Oh. Okay, well, I'll, I'll just wait and see what the punchline is. <laughs> okay, drum roll, please. Okay, with cannons. I excellent. excellent. You get that. I like that. Okay, uh, here's one from Jack. Uh, what do you call an explosive horse? Explosive horse. A napalm. Napalm. N e i g h palm. Get it? Okay. Okay. What should you do if someone throws a bowling ball at your head? Duck. You got it. The guy's a genius. <laughs> wow. Love it. Okay, Dreen, get us serious now. All right. Seriously, Monsignor is with us this morning to help educate us. Oh, that's the hope. Yes. And um, I'm hoping, Monsignor, that through your um, little exhortation today, um, I just had a sense recently through social media, et cetera, that people are confused about what the role of the bishop is. Okay. And like some people think the bishop is only about sacraments, and other people think the bishop is supposed to be rallying the troops to, um, to, you know, get us marching and participating in protests and okay. the like. This, that, yeah. and the other thing. Okay, yep. that's a very yeah. wide open. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Excellent. Two ends of the spectrum. Yeah. All right. Do you want me to just launch? Just launch. Just Monsignor. launch. Well, All right. wait a minute. You, oh. I don't think he gave us enough about himself, but maybe oh, you've been yes, on the I'm radio sorry. long enough. I know you I so mean, well. All is, all is well. I mean, okay, so about myself, yes. a priest of the Diocese of Fargo, obviously. I get to celebrate 20 years of priestly ordination this year. Ooh. I come from a background of uh, a family of 11, so there's 10 brothers and sisters. I have seven sisters, all with a variation of the name Mary. And uh, we grew up praying the rosary together, and I'm sure that helped me find my vocation accurately. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's my family background and goodness. I'm the rector of the cathedral, vicar general and vicar for clergy. I'm a scripture guy, and so uh, I teach the permanent diaconate candidates their scripture. That's my thumbnail sketch. Very good. Thank you. And I tell lame jokes. <laughs> so, the hierarchy. So, I first uh, figured, since this is what I would usually do, is crack open the catechism, find out what some references are, find out what, what's the framework that they use. And so, if you want to take notes at home and or look it up later, which is the best possible thing, it's uh, uh, 874 and following in the catechism. That's the... Uh, the Hierarchical Constitution of the Church is the title, the headline. Hey, excuse me, I'm going to interrupt you as a teacher. Is 874 a page number? That is a paragraph number, not a page number. <laughs> okay. 
Excellent. And I know all the listeners of Catholic Radio know this. <laughs> Sorry. I'll <laughs> uh, fine. No, no, no. It's a good reminder. So a thumbnail sketch of what, what, what we're going to find there. Um, and, you know, some of the fine print comes out as we talk about it. So first of all, the hierarchical constitution, it flows from Christ. So Christ established the church. He established the offices and that the sacred power for the good of the whole body. And since we all know this, there's a need to proclaim Christ. You need to have a mandate to proclaim Christ. A person who has this office is speaking on behalf of the church, on behalf of Christ, and therefore he gives us offices and authority to do this. Now, those offices are supposed to be characterized by service. So the, the catechism uses the, 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 ter- the term slaves of Christ. It's collegial. So the 12 apostles didn't all act alone or separately. And in a similar way, in a diocese, the priests, the presbyterians, Presbyterate work with their bishop together under his direction. And then it makes a point that the authority is personal. So God calls a person individually and they exercise. So, for example, every time you go to confession, the priest says, I absolve you. It's a, it's a personal act in the person of Christ. So anytime we're talking about hierarchy, we're talking about those things, that it's a, a call of God. He's the one who sets up the offices. It's a personal call. That's a beginning, all right? Sort of high-level abstraction. Then some of the things we're more familiar with, what's the structure? The Pope and the bishops, are obviously. So modeling after Peter and the Twelve Apostles. You remember in the Gospel, St. Peter had a special role, and the Church teaches now that the Pope, as the successor of Peter, is the perpetual and visible source and foundation of unity in the Church. So he's got the supreme authority. He's the top of the hierarchy. All right, that's the Holy Father. Following that, the the college or the body of bishops, they're united with the Pope, otherwise they don't have any authority. Um, So the highest expression of that would be the bishops all gathering together in an ecumenical council with the Holy Father. That would be another expression of the hierarchy. And then each individual bishop in his own diocese, he's a successor to the apostles. He's the visible source and foundation of unity in his particular church, and then it goes on and talks about how neighboring dioceses sometimes form provinces, which we do. All right, but each individual bishop is the successor of the apostle in his diocese. How about archdiocese? That would be the principal diocese of a province. Of a province, okay. So, like Archdiocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis, that's the archdiocese for us. How far does that extend? Minnesota, North and South Dakota. Oh, okay. Yep. So basically, the bishop is the final word. The bishop's the final word in his diocese. In his diocese, but not in the neighboring diocese. But not in the neighboring diocese. Which, is, which I think is kind of interesting, because I think, and the Pope, what kind of authority does he have over the individual? Because he's, you know, one among many. I can't remember what the terminology right. Well, he has is. a supreme authority. So, okay. So the relationship between the Pope and an individual bishop is different than, you know, bishops alongside of each other and, and right. a bishop. With the with the archbishop. Okay. Well, I yep. think you got to have that kind of authority in there in order you to do. hold it all together. You do. Yep. You know, it's, it's interesting to think because the term hierarchy nowadays seems to have this negative connotation. You know, at least you know, what we see in the secular media. Yeah, and we'll get to that. Oh, we'll okay. Get to, we'll get Good. To, we'll get to that in a little bit. All right. Okay. So if I will uh, continue back with the catechism structure, sure. Okay. Then it talks about um, the offices that the members. Of, that the members of the hierarchy uh, participate in. So the first is teaching, so the proclamation of the gospel. That's where the whole idea of infallibility and faith and morals flows out of the teaching office of, of the bishop and the popes. Then the sanctifying office, so celebrating the sacraments, leading prayer and worship. Um, again, what's the purpose of that? 
that together with the flock entrusted to them, they may attain eternal life. So the members of the hierarchy are trying to attain eternal life along with all the members of the faithful and the consecrated and etc. And so celebrating the sacraments helps get us there. And then governing, so promoting the health and welfare of the church, both the laity and the clergy. So that's one of the aspects, the governance aspect. And I'm a person who works in the chancery, the pastoral center, so I know that my job always is to help the bishop with his governance. He's the one with the governing, but all of our offices try to help do some administration as he wants us to do. Mm-hmm. Now, that's all on the ecclesiastical side. Teaching, sanctifying, and governing. Teaching, mm-hmm. sanctifying, and governing. Okay, We should know these and we should be familiar with them. Because next, it, as the catechism continues, it talks about the role of the laity in the consecrated life and how they relate to that. And that's important for us because there's a dance not to draw too hard of a line at times and also not to blur proper distinctions. So in the beginning when we're saying uh, you need hierarchy because there's a mandate to preach the gospel, well, in one sense you'd say all of us are called to evangelize. We all have that mandate on a certain level, but some are designated by office to represent the church. But we all share in that particular mission. So we can look at all these things, and another way we talk about it is Christ as a priest, prophet, and king. And each member of the body of Christ then has a role to play as priest, prophet, and king. It's just not the same as the ones that are, you know, the specific role of the hierarchy in that. So as a layperson, and let's say as a layperson who was once a teacher in the Catholic school teaching religion, I was actually under the authority of the bishop. Yeah. Because he's the teacher, right. and I am right. under his authority. Yep. Right. And we all assist in our various ways in the right. body. Yeah. Exactly. Very good. Right, and that's like I work for a Catholic health care organization, and we are, in order to claim our Catholic identity, we right. are under that bishop. Correct. Yep. Yeah, which is interesting because people don't understand that all the time when they learn about various, you know, uh, apostolates within the church. You know, they think the church owns it, right? Or you know, or they, and, and they don't, right? But we claim the brand, and that means we're under the authority of the bishop. Yep. And again, uh, just that all all that we do is part of the church, and therefore related to the hierarchy. We don't, mm-hmm. you know, it's not my, it's not my church. I don't yeah. get to run St. Mary's Cathedral the way that Monsignor Gehring thinks is the best possible. I mean, I want to do the best possible way, but always under the guidance and direction of the bishop and the Holy Father. If it became the church of Monsignor Gehring, it would be a, a bad thing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just not... Bad jokes. And bad jokes, exactly. <laughs> Those might be able to be brought back yeah. in. <laughs> right. The grace of Christ can do many <laughs> awesome things. That would be a minor work. Right. So, um, from there, uh, I don't know how long we have until the break, so I don't want to just launch into minutes. the hard part. About a minute two, and a half. Two minutes. Okay, well, we'll start and we'll probably retake this after the break. So. Right. One of the questions that you had asked is, um, why is it important to have a hierarchy in the church rather than governing like a democracy? Well, the first and uh, probably the way I would start was, this is how Christ set it up, okay? So, the scriptures tell us, no one takes the high priesthood or no one takes the priesthood upon themselves. So, the church helps to discern the call and make decisions about who will have the offices, And we believe, of course, that this is always assisted by the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, we'd all be doomed, okay? But we we have this structure because Christ gave it to us. And we understand as individuals, we're fallen and we're weak. So it's great to know that God promised to be present and then to guide us in that structure. So the first and most, I think, most important answer to why do we have a hierarchy as opposed to democracy is this is the way 
the Lord set it up. And we're trying to be faithful to that. Right. I think in terms of it, you know, we have this deposit of faith. And the hierarchy is there to kind of protect it. To guard it. And that's going to be the second point after the break. But yes, but go on with that. You know, and and I think in terms of, well, when you look at outside of the Catholic faith in the Christian world, though the various denominations and kind of that uh, expansion Uh uh, is kind of like, well, that's what happens, I guess, when you democratize it. You know, that deposit of faith can get uh, picked apart pretty good. Right. And I think we can I think we can unfold a little bit of that in a little bit. Okay, I think we're coming up on the break right now, aren't we not, Eli? Okay, thank you. Well, let's remind our listeners you're tuned in to Real Presence Live on the on the uh, on, on Real Presence <laughs> on the Real Presence Catholic Radio Network, and we're just uh, we're visiting with Monsignor Gehring, and uh, your hosts are myself, Jack Canelli, and my wife Doreen. And stay tuned, more to come as we learn more about the hierarchy. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. So recently, my wife, Kristen, she had transitioned from being a Lutheran to a Catholic. She learned so much through the RCIA process and learning from family and friends what it means to be a Catholic. But it's really through Real Presence Radio that she's really picked up what the Catholicity is and what it really means to be a Catholic, Uh, what our Catholic social teaching teaches us, what our Catholic identity is. And uh, it's just so heartwarming to see her grow in her faith each and every day and uh, learning more and wanting to know more about what it means to be a Catholic and how she can go out and take this faith and this grace that's been given to her and share it with others. I have a friend who is Methodist and her husband is Catholic, and my friend often listens to Real Presence Radio coming to and from work so that she can better understand her husband's faith. She said she often surprises him with facts that she's learned um, that he was not even aware of. The world is changing fast and needs problem solvers and critical thinkers. Right here in your backyard, Not Marty believes every student has the potential to serve the world and make a difference. We will help you obtain a degree that prepares you for success by exploring your talents and passion. Our community goes above and beyond to help each student feel at home, surrounded by love and support. We can't wait for you to see what's possible. We hope the future brings you here, close to home at mountmarty.edu. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone, for our very last segment on this beautiful Friday morning. I'm Doreen Kennelly here with my husband, Jack, and our wonderful Monsignor, Joseph Gehring is here um, with a teaching moment, and we'll let him continue um, enlightening us and helping us uh, understand better the hierarchy of the Catholic Church. Thanks, Excellent. Monsignor. Excellent. Thank you. 
Doreen gave me some more things to put into my program afterwards, so we'll see how long we go. <laughs> so, first of all, we're back on this question of, you know, why do we have a hierarchy beyond the fact that Christ established it? You know, why is that different or better than a, than a democracy, for example? And uh, for that question, I think we have to, I have to start with a negative example, right? We know and understand democracy can be a good way of choosing rulers in a human society, provided the people are virtuous, but the fact is, we know as Catholics, we are uh, fallen and redeemed, okay? Both, we know the negative and the positive at the same time. And so even in secular government, there's sometimes breaks that we put in our system so that the majority vote doesn't just pick things that are bad for the nation. And we're happy about that, okay? I am anyway. And so even more so in the context of the church, because we're talking about um, truths of faith that are given to us, things that are revealed by God. They're really not subject to, you know, what does the majority think or like about this. So they're to be understood and received, not voted on. And so, for example, we can look around today in our culture. There's a minority elements in our culture who are trying to do some things that we would say just can't be done. We can't redefine marriage. It's between man and a woman. We, we can't do anything about that. We don't want to do anything about that. We don't want to violate marriage that way. We don't want to delude ourselves into making the gift of sexuality as a man or as a woman into something that's arbitrary or a whim or a personal choice. That's not how we're created. And our societies, some people in our society are trying to do that, and they're trying to use democracy to sort of transform the order that God has given us. All right? We don't get to vote on whether there's a trinity of persons or whether abortion takes a human life, or who gets to be forgiven of their sins. So there's all sorts of things in our relationship with God that are, that are received, they're, they're cherished, they're, uh, they're held in trust, and it's the hierarchy's job to hold that in trust. So I think that's very important. So there's a couple of things that come out of here, and uh, one of these is having a hierarchy doesn't make us ignorant or less responsible for our own individual actions. All right, We're free and responsible members of the body of Christ. Every single one of us has to choose. We have to use our reason. We have to use our will to follow after the good and the beautiful. And um, at that time, you know, we have the freedom of judging our own personal thoughts about the church, about who God is, in the light of the long history of, and the experience of the church and its saints. So we have all these helps because, you know, our minds don't always <clears throat> work quite right. Our feelings don't always work quite right. There are times when I do not think straight or feel straight, all right? And so the hierarchy and, in fact, the entire body of Christ in its history, given by Christ, guided by the Holy Spirit, helps guide and direct. So I think all of those reasons are, you know, great mm -hmm. gifts for why the hierarchy is there and how it helps us to live our faith and our relationship. And it gives us that rock to stand on, too. Mm -hmm. you know, not that we're, like you said, we're not supposed to be ignorant. Right. We're supposed to seek to understand, but it really, there's peace under authority, there and, and there's an authority we can trust. Yep. It gives us stability. Mm -hmm. We need that. Mm -hmm. So, um, you asked also then about what are some misunderstood aspects of hierarchy, and that's going to be a, a massive subject, and uh, hopefully we'll try to keep it, <laughs> keep it, keep it short, but uh, first, we already talked about this. Hierarchy is not an excuse for us as individuals to stop using our own minds and hearts and consciences to guide us in our own personal relationship with Christ and with others. So God desires our love and service to be returned fully and freely. It's not enough to say, um, well, this is what I'm told. This is what I'm going to do. I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to pray about it. I'm not going to, you know, that's, you know, that's being a robot. Now, 
you know, having the deference for authority and having the presumption that the church knows what it's talking about and I'm going to do it? Yes. But what God desires is our decision back in a fully human way. And that means using our minds and our hearts and, and everything to say yes back. And the second, I think, I would, I would call it more of a tension than a misunderstanding. And we all experience it because we're all members of the church in any given time and place. So, as Catholics, we put our faith in Christ and the church. So, that means we have an attitude of deference toward the Holy Father, towards our own bishop, towards our own pastor, just as it is good and important to have an attitude of deference towards our own parents. There's a virtue in this, all right? It's important for a well-ordered human family, and it's important for a well-ordered church family. That God gave the office, he gives the grace, you know, they have the roles and the duties. We're going we're gonna to lean into God on this. I mean, that's the right answer for everything, right? We lean into God on that. At the same time, we know that um, every member of the hierarchy also knows, priests, bishops, popes, that no one in the church is free from sins or errors in judgment, Right? The church is a divine institution made up of a lot of human and not quite perfect individuals. Okay, So we're called to put faith in the institution, in the office, and in the persons who are holding that office because of Christ. So it's because of Christ that we put our faith in that. And then we should not be too upset when the human failings of the individuals holding the offices show through. We can be upset. And we're going to be, naturally. We're, we're upset when our parents disappoint us. We're upset when our pastor disappoints us or when our bishop does or when the pope does. Whatever the case, we're a church of fallen human beings. So there's a tension right there, right? We rely upon Christ and we live amidst fallenness. So I think that gives two particular challenges. One for those who are in the hierarchy, and that includes any priest on, on upward. And that is this. Our challenge is to be obedient to Christ in everything, to say, I'm going to choose to serve as a slave and a beloved son of Christ, to acknowledge our own sins and weaknesses and to strive to overcome them, and then remember we proclaim Christ, not ourselves. Right? That's that's sort of the particular challenge of anybody who's involved in the hierarchy. In the laity, I think the challenge is this: to support in prayer and put faith that Jesus is going to work through our pastors, our bishop, our holy father. He promised, he put it in place, he called these individuals. In a sense, it's his job to get it done. All right. And he's going to. All right. So we may not agree with a particular decision. We may not like aspects of a teaching or a governance style. We may disagree about decisions within worship. And the question is, how do we support and encourage what's good? And how do we provide helpful feedback if we think something's wrong? Like if we really think something's wrong, how do we do that? How do we pray for the person? How do we go to the person? How do we, you know, make make what we what we believe known? So that's a challenge, I think, on the other side. Yep. And don't you think it, what complicates it is social media, too, the, those avenues? Kind of, oh, well, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we, we do not have public discourse on social media. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All we have is flamethrower wars. Those, maybe that's the old language, flaming. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but really, yeah, true. But really you, you cannot speak. You cannot make distinctions. Um, you cannot see the person across from you. I mean, that's a great harm that's happening out of the social media thing. Mm-hmm. Is It's easy to trash someone. Mm-hmm. Would you say that to them? sitting across from you, knowing we're fellow members of the body of Christ. Right. Seeing the human person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, there you go. <laughs> awesome! <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wish we had more time. I think this is a topic that we could spend a lot of time on. We, we just kind of took a, the 30,000-foot the view, I think, today. But uh, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> maybe we can have you back on another time. 
to uh, you know get down a little bit closer to the ground and talk about you know even kind of some of the local stuff you know like I mentioned the deanery and during the break where I think a lot of people don't even know what that is right that's true so anyway I think we're uh, it's time for our technical director preview <laughs> is it not for the next show Eli take it away that's what my sheet says thanks Jack get a great <laughs> show today another good one coming up. On Monday morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. That'll be hosted by Karen Gibis and Brandon Murphy, coming to you from the Rapid City Catholic Newman Center. They'll visit with Dr. James Rankin. He's the president of the South Dakota School of Mines and Technology, about the uniqueness of the Newman Center and its role during these times. Plus, Bishop Peter Mewich of the Diocese of Rapid City will share a special, a special message from a new bishop. And Jacques Daniel, he's the director of Youth and Young Adult Ministry in the Diocese of Rapid City, will talk about a summer camp experience with a twist. All that and a whole lot more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live. That's going to be Monday morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. Back to you. Okay, thanks, Eli. It looks like you got some good stuff coming up, and uh, we hope all of you out there and our listening audience enjoyed the program today. And uh, we'd like to thank Monsignor Gehring. Do you have a party? We have maybe 15 seconds for last-minute parting shot. or No parting shot. How about I a blessing? give you a blessing. All yeah. right. A blessing would be good. The Lord be with you. And, and with, with your, your spirit. spirit. Almighty God, bless you. Draw you closer to him. Fill your heart with his, with your, his life and joy. And may you be blessed, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Okay, we got a minute and a half to go. Maybe we have time for a joke. You got one? Well, I should have said, I bless you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I misspoke, so. Oh, okay. It's not just a passive, be blessed, I'm blessing you. Okay, thank you, Father. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Part of the hierarchy and all that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's right. You didn't mention deacons. Are they? Oh, they're part. They're oh, part, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. They're the oh, uh, reordained. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they're ordained also for the service. Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to prompt you for a joke. I got. I'll tell you JT's favorite joke. Our son JT's favorite oh, joke. Oh no! He's yeah, I know it. some of them. Oh yeah, <laughs> the horse walks into a bar. Why the long face? I love that one. <laughs> I see. Why did the evil chicken cross the road? For foul purposes. Ooh, oh, man. <laughs> that's a good one. Oh, geez, you're on fire now. Yeah. <laughs> How about the cow uh, You joke? don't want to know the cow <laughs> There's too many of them. Yeah. Well, we yeah. heard that was kind of that was kind of yeah. where you were at right now. Yeah. Was cow jokes? Like, what do you call a cow with no legs? Two legs. That's lean beef. That is lean beef. <laughs> no legs, ground beef. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll about something about high stakes. I think the bovine low stakes. The bovine anti-defamation league is going to be on there you we today. Go. <laughs> Oh, thanks, Ben Senior. There's there's our our music. Thank you all. And thank you all for tuning in today and hope to see you again down the road. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence radio network.